Welcome to Herbal Explorations, a podcast hosted by Wilson Lau of New Herbs. Each week, we speak to leading experts about what's happening in the herbal industry. I'm going to take a step away from B Corp very quickly and really commend you on an excellent annual sustainability report and love how intentional you're about your new facility, which I want to congratulate you on, on top of being your 40 years and celebrating 40 years in business and the move. And can you share with the listeners some of the top learnings from that and the things that you're most proud of about that move? Because like you were saying, like it was amazing to see that you're move, using or recycling a lot of the moving materials and they were made into park benches and all these things that you're just talking about that you do on normal everyday basis at your facility. But tell us a little bit more about the move because it was amazing and how green it was. And to me, how it's possible. I'm like, how's that even possible? Like it just, my mind, when I first read it, I had to read it again. Like there's something here that I'm missing. Like, how is this possible? (laughs) Can Can you tell us a little bit more about that? (laughs) <laughs> well, sure. I mean, first of all, um, I haven't really finished decorating my office, but um, uh, the building we are in, um, my staff did not want to move from town. And there aren't that many options in our town to relocate to. And we um, were able to work with the landlord in our, our new facility, um, which uh, was <clears throat> we we rehabbed um, in partnership with them a store that had been vacant in our town for 20 years. Um, uh, so as you can imagine, it was a big construction project, bigger than I've ever had to handle. And um, uh, you know the choices of of coming into that kind of a, a situation were um, uh, you know that was just you know, project one, and then it came time to move. And um, uh, we do a lot of our our product in glass jars. So having to move hundreds of glass jars was a really big challenge. You mean hundreds Um, of thousands uh, of glass jars? (laughs) Hundreds of glass jars. uh, Yes. Yeah, seriously. So, Again, my um, my assistant Melina, um, uh, who is leading the whole charge, um, uh, you know, a member of our active core member of the green team, um, uh, met. We met with a number of movers, and I found out that the moving industry has changed. Um, uh, and we learned a lot from meeting with them. And they basically said, you know, we have carts, you know, you rent these containers. Um, uh, and, you know, you don't, it's not like when I moved in college where you buy a bunch of boxes and um, uh, you fill them up. No, I mean, these things um, uh, are fantastic. You know, we got all different shapes and sizes. We ended up renting some ourselves. We did um, some of the move ourselves by renting a, a local from a local truck. Um, uh, the big things we had, you know, help from, but um, we used um, uh, blankets, storage blankets uh, that one mover had. Uh, plastic, um, these big plastic totes, um, put our glass material in there, wrapped them up. Um, our team uh, rolled them onto trucks. Half the team was here, rolled them off trucks. 
offloaded them. We repur- we took all of our old shelving down and put it back up, even though the moving company said that's insane. You should buy new shelving. That would be the easiest thing to do. Um, uh, you know, we we um, uh, used pallets and pallet wrap, and all of that pallet wrap that we used went right to the Trex people um, to make into those park benches. Um, uh, so we had very, very little, um, uh, if any, um, uh, you know, waste from our move. Um, uh, you know, we just really consciously made that decision not to buy a whole lot of stuff that was going to be thrown out. Um, and, uh, yeah, got a lot of help from the moving companies, and we did a, a lot of good shout-outs to the, some of the local movers. Um, it's really nice to see that there's been that change in thinking, um, uh, which makes so much sense. So finding the right partners really made a difference. I, I can't wait to come visit you sometime in the future and have some of your bidders on the, one of your park benches. So that's something <laughs> to forward to. Uh, Hopefully in 2023, if not 2024, hopefully I can make it back out east uh, and see you guys. Uh, Does getting B Corp certified help companies with their ESG goals? How does that sort of play with each other and how does that work to do that work? Yes, if that's your intention. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I I think that we have separate... um, uh, sustainability goals, environmental goals that we set for ourselves, you know, because like you, um, of the industry we're in. Um, uh, I think that um, it helps a lot, um, but you have to have at the core, you know, this is what you want to do. This is, you know, uh, how you're trying to, to, to do things. So yes, it certainly helps set the goals, um, uh, but you can't be driven by the certification process. You know, you have to have that core. Um, uh, you know, what is it that you really are in business to do? Um, uh, and, you know, it's really the, one of the reasons that David and I got together. We just are like-minded in the way that um, uh, we want to make good products, and that's to, you know, try to source things the right way. Um uh, you know, we've made changes over time um, in plants that become threatened. Um, it's just a blessing to have a business partner like David who has such a, an amazing mind for, you know, um, the uses of plants and, you know, can rethink formulas if necessary. Um, uh, so, you know, it helps with the goals, but, you know, to me, that's part of your core that you have to have um, uh, and set those almost separately from what that certification process. The certification process helps you stay on track and, you know, um, so forth. Yeah. So it's almost like if, if I wanted to take a, a zoom out, it's almost like the company has a vision right and a mission and then the esg goals are sort of the objectives and then the b corp certification is really the tools to get you to your direction that your company has set and how to get there right it's sort of like um 
John Dewar's book on OKRs, right? Objectives, Keys, and Results. And talking about Dewar, um, I don't know if you had a chance, but there's a real great book that he wrote. Something is called Speed and Scale, which is really talking about the impact of global warming and how we all needed to be more proactive as of yesterday to get to carbon neutral before we can't do any reversal. So if you haven't checked out the book, I highly recommend it. Um, but talking about that book and how do we sort of address sustainability, what are some tools and resources that companies can use in their sustainability journey? Have you found anything that, you know, that you can share with the audience and say, hey, you should really go check that out? Besides, in addition to B Corp, but what are some things that we can do as an industry or companies that may be helpful, you think? Well, you know, the American Botanical Council has just come out with a uh, an evaluation, uh, evaluatory kit um, that uh, uh, their toolkit 2.0 for sustainability evaluation. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good um, piece of the puzzle. Um, uh, and... Um, uh, you know, gosh, when Wilson, I, you know, I don't know whether, I mean, I, I'm an old permaculture, um, uh, person. I, I knew Bill Mollison when he was just kind of starting permaculture. And, um, I honestly think that there are so many good principles in, um, just that philosophy of pro- mm-hmm. permaculture, you know, uh, if you're going to do something and you're going to make a change, make sure that it has multiple, it's going to impact multiple areas. You know, if you put a barrier up, if you change something, how is it going to impact in multiple ways? And then if you make a change, is it going to affect, um, uh, you know, multiple areas? And I, I just, I think about that, um, uh, and that longevity of sustainability, um, uh, you know, um, really understand organic farming, really understand all the types of farming. Um, I'm a farmer as well. I mean, I was a certified organic farmer for a few years. Um, it's a real hard business, but, you know, knowing the rules, knowing, um, uh, you know, those principles, that helps you ask the questions that you need to ask of your suppliers. You know, I can still go and look at a field and know what people are having problems with and, you know, ask them about their management of uh, that area. And I just think that having done the job is a really good way to be able to understand and ask those questions. Um, uh, there, are, you know, there are a lot of um, uh, there are tools out there. It's true, um, but I think that you know, American Herbal Products Association, the um, good agricultural practices tools, um, uh, and some of the things that they're making as adjustments now to some of those uh, questionnaires, I think, are helpful. Um, uh, those are some suggestions. Yeah, I, I love your suggestions. It's returning back to the basics. It's like, you know, there's a lot of new stuff out there, but don't forget, you know, what we're really, it really comes down to is climate, soil health, and 
you know, this idea of permaculture and organic farming and regenerative farming, it all ties nicely together, you know, biodynamics and um, the Detmer certification. I think, you know, a lot of times we just forget that there's, this is not new. <laughs> this is, this is, no. this has been going on for a long time. So I really love that tip. And it, it's more, you know, then this tool or that tool is really like, what is that overarching concept that you could tie into? How do you tie in that worldview into a way to make, enact, and empower change? I love it. What is a new sustainability, or should I say, just call it good stewardship measure that you're excited about that you guys are doing over at Herbalist and Alchemist? Because I know you guys are always doing something new and exciting, and I always are like, you know, have my little scrib, scrib notes and cheat sheet out, trying to copy fiercely when you're when I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, you know, um, I guess a couple of areas. I mean, we're really um, uh, expanding our group of suppliers and wildcrafters um, and, you know, really trying to outreach to the next generation. Um, I, I think that it's so important to support people that are trying to make a right livelihood uh, in the farming business um, uh, and do our, our, our business. Um, uh, so those are ongoing initiatives for us. Um, I love talking to our farmers and, and growers, um, you know, especially, gosh, I mean, this last couple of weeks has been absolutely crazy with the weather here and in different parts of the country. Um, uh, and just, you know, um, uh, really, you know, understanding that, that, next group um is important um uh, then you know i i pointed out this whole issue of packing and packaging materials and um uh, the folks in my customer service department are passionate about going and finding um uh, a different way of doing things they're looking at some machine that you know, crimps and folds paper so that, you know, they don't need to, you know, the, the cornstarch peanuts we've used have increased in price. They want us, you know, have a different, uh, I mean, they just go in and they research it and uh, look at it. And so we're down in the weeds in some ways for uh, some of the, the things that we're looking at. Um, uh, and, you know, the big picture is how we, you know, deal with and manage this new larger space and um, uh, fit it out with things that make sense, um, uh, both for our business and, you know, environmentally. Um, so all those things are things that we're thinking about. You know, we're, we've got to get some kind of a window covering and, you know, looking at that material you know, just down to those small details. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a thoughtfulness that um, uh, you have to take in those approaches. And I think that's the key, right? You have to be very thoughtful and mindful about what you do and the materials and how you do things. And then, you know, what I really love about your comment about your initiative is really – what I'm hearing is like you're supporting and empowering the next generation to do the things to be the change agents. Because who, 
one person doesn't have the time to go explore all the coverings or materials or anything like that. It has to be a company-wide initiative, and the people have to be empowered to sort of say and have the tools to say, A, it might cost a dollar or more, or we might save 10 cents if we use this thing, and it's better for the environment on top of that. And especially on the farming and wild crafting side, and I, you know, in a different conversation, uh, I'll need to pick your mind, is how do we empower and get that new generation involved? Because as we know, worldwide, it's not an American phenomenon. Everywhere, China, India, you know, Latin America, the people that are doing the farming and wild crafting are all aging out, and the new generation doesn't really have a incentive or desire to really take over live those operations. So how do we empower them and make it attractive to do the things um, that the older generation is doing and really be invested in it? Otherwise, we won't have any farmers or all crafters left. We'll only have big ag <laughs> and that can drive their you know, nice John Deere's. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is going to be a challenge because, you know, as uh, I really like the farmer panel that we had uh, this year at the um, uh, uh, APA, at the American Herbal Products Association's annual meeting, and I've had a chance to talk um, uh, away from that panel to a number of those farmers. And some of the younger people into this point out that the cost of land if you have not inherited land, the cost of land makes getting into this business, you know, um, uh, very, very expensive in certain areas that have been traditional farming communities. Um, uh, some of our best farming land, um, uh, the development pressures on some of that property, um, uh, the land values. And of course, that's traditionally how farmers, that was their retirement. They sold off their land. Um, uh, you know, so people getting into this are in a situation where they're leasing land. And you know, I saw this as, a, as an organic farmer. It's very hard to want to make those investments in property that you're leasing um, uh, that, you know, um, uh, rebuild the soil, feed the soil, you know, when you're paying a price and you don't really own that property. Um, uh, that is, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have to help part of that funding for their business. And, um, uh, and it's, you know, we're stuck in the middle because our customers, of course, don't want to pay a whole lot for, um, uh, what they're purchasing. Although if you can convince them that what they're purchasing is of value to them and is going to help them, that's our job um, uh, to, you know, make them understand that their health is going to be dependent on the health of how things are grown in order to go into their products. Um, uh, and I think this next generation of um, uh, young buyers is really starting to get that. And, uh, you know, this inflationary period that happened over these last two years um, is really tough because a lot of city people went to the country, prices increased, interest rates are up. Um, uh, this is a challenging time. Um, 
so um, how do you get it? You have to like the people that are passionate and that really know what they're doing. You're going to have to listen to them and listen to their issues and help them with their issues. Um, uh, you know, um, and they may not make it in some geographic areas. Uh, they may have to move to places that, you know, uh, are economically viable for farming. Um, uh, it's going to be a challenging period. That's for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Beth, thank you for joining me on today's show. I look forward to continue watch, watch what you guys do at Herbalist and Alchemist and really follow your journey. And uh, look forward to that. And uh, hopefully we will be able to talk soon and uh, have those bitters, Herbalist and Alchemist bitters, uh, on that park bench of yours. Thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to it, Wilson. And thank you, as always, um, for your thoughtful questions. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the business of herbs and botanicals, visit newherbs.com. To keep listening to great episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or Spotify, and make sure to give us a rating, too.